You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. show for this Tuesday, December 5, 2023. I'm your host, Gary Harris. I got my main man, Justin Jones, right back over there on the other side of the glass, manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the First and Main Condos hotline for this hour, the Krispy Kreme hotline in hour number two, 205-342-9904, 205-342-9904 is the number. We would love to hear from you as we have had uh, so much fun with our callers here last couple of weeks. And I tell you what, Justin, before we get uh, any you know, deeper into the show, I do want to go ahead and say I'm hoping to hear from some people who uh, didn't call in yesterday that had told me Alabama would not make it into the uh, college football playoff, regardless of of what happened in Atlanta or or anywhere else without a Florida State loss. And again, I you know I said this yesterday. I think a, a lot of people that follow sports, college football, feel bad for Florida State going 13 and 0 and not making it in, <clears throat> but. You know what? They were one of the schools, and their conference was one of the conferences that uh, did not want the playoff to start this year. And, um, you know, we could have had a 12-team playoff this year. Then everybody would have been in it, including Liberty, which has not lost a game as a group of five teams. So, uh, But Alabama is in. Florida State is not. Um, I still wish that Alabama was playing in New Orleans as much as it's beautiful out there in Pasadena. The Rose Bowl, as I said, I've been now. Uh, having gone for the 2010 BCS National Championship game <clears throat> following the 2009 season. Phenomenal trip, but it's just be a lot easier on Bama people and um, obviously media people just to drive down to New Orleans, which is something that we've done a lot because Alabama's played down there a lot. Um, and, you know, love going to New Orleans for the holidays. So, But uh, Alabama's going to be in Pasadena. They'll play Michigan for the uh, – Right to play in the national championship game in Houston. The other semifinal, number two seed, Washington versus number three seed, Texas. And uh, that seed, that game will be in um, New Orleans. I'll be honest with you, Justin. I really think based on some stuff that I've read and some people that I've talked to that I, I think have pretty good idea of how all this works. I believe that once Alabama beat Georgia, they were in. I think that that four spot actually came down to Texas and Florida State. And I wish, based on if that is the case, that Alabama had been made the three seed and Texas the four seed. But I do think the committee said, well, since Texas beat Alabama, let's go ahead and put Texas in as the three seed. I would have loved to have seen Alabama be the three seed just so they could play in New Orleans, you know, just from from a selfish standpoint, logistical standpoint, yeah. radio TV standpoint. You know what I mean? I think I think you're exactly right. I think it was not a question of Alabama or FSU. It was Texas or FSU. And even if Georgia won, so Georgia is assumingly number one in whatever order, Michigan, Washington, we were talking about this with Barry earlier. I think Texas still got in over FSU. I think they would have too. And um I think that's the thing that, again, nobody will ever have to deal with because Alabama won. But had Georgia won, I think it would have been Georgia won, Michigan two, Washington three, and Texas four. I do. I, I think that, you know, so everybody's made this Alabama against Florida State, but I believe that 
Texas would have gotten in over Florida State. And we still would have had a, a wringing of hands. So I, I don't think with Florida State's schedule, because take away the win over LSU, which wound up being a three-loss team, but because LSU was from the SEC, that was their biggest win. There's no there's no ands and fours, buts about it. Nobody they beat in the SEC or in the ACC compares to their win over LSU. So that tells you again, even if the ACC went six and four against the SEC this year, it's still the SEC. So their best win was against LSU. You know, Clemson is a game that they were happy to win, glad to win, a big win for them. But Clemson, the win over Clemson is not as Big as the win over LSU. Uh, you know, beating Boston College the way that they did, uh, beating Louisville in that ACC championship game, just none of those games just have any pizzazz to them. They're, it's just, you know, it is what it is. The ACC is not viewed in the same way as the SEC. And, you know, for many, many years, it's been just the reverse in basketball. You know, the ACC going to the NCAA tournament outside of Kentucky, the ACC always got the benefit of the doubt against the SEC, and rightfully so. So, um, you know, it just kind of is what it is, but Alabama is in, glad to be in. Uh, I shouldn't be too selfish, I guess, but I'm, I'm speaking strictly from, um, my, my broadcasting career wise. It'd be a lot easier to go to New Orleans and instead of trying to figure out if we're going to be able to go to Pasadena or not. I think too, we keep talking about whether or not Texas or Alabama won. I think the one thing FSU had to do to get in, Gary, they had to show that they were a quality team in the ACC championship game, and they simply just didn't. They just didn't, and that's kind of sealed their fate. It wasn't anything that Alabama did or Texas did. They just they threw for 55 yards and played close with the Louisville team that well, had a good season but was not a top four, top five opponent. You're right. You are right, my friend. And um, anyway, I'm multitasking over here. Sorry about that. I'm on my phone. You know, I'm listen. I think people that listen to my show know <laughs> that I do two hours of radio, but I've got stuff, text coming in about the TV coverage, and I'm always multitasking. But we are we're ready to roll today, and uh, we've got a good show on tap. I'm going to tell you about it in just a moment. First, though, I need to tell you that this hour of the Gary Harris Show, brought to you, as always, by Alabama Credit Union. Convenience and savings make life better. The ACU Lifestyle Account. Learn more now at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com, Alabama Credit Union. Loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And pull extra change in your Pocket. All right, here we go. Uh, this is the lineup for today at 930. It's the Rocket Man, Rudy Arman, 977 ESPN Radio in Huntsville. He'll talk Alabama basketball and football with us at 930. Then at 10 o'clock, Bobby Sproul, the uh, incredible baseball coach at Shelton State Community College. Uh, well over a 1,000 career victories, former pitcher for the Red Sox, former Alabama Crimson Tide pitcher. Uh, he's going to join us at 10 to talk about uh, some Shelton State baseball and a big golf tournament fundraiser they've got coming up on Thursday that you can still get involved in. And we need, uh, need to get some people there to support that program. It's one of the best junior college programs in the country. And then at um, 10.15 this morning, it's going to be the Titans report with Kayla Anderson. Uh, heartbreaking loss for the Titans on Sunday in Nashville against the uh, the Indianapolis Colts, if they make an extra point there late, they win the game. Instead, it went in overtime. They wound up losing. Derrick Henry, two touchdowns and over 100 yards, but he left with a, an injury. It was reported that he was in concussion protocol, but yesterday Mike Vrabel said that's not the case. He's not in concussion protocol, so he should be good to go for the Monday night game next week against the Dolphins. But the Titans' playoff chances, pretty much, they're pretty much gone. But um, 
they'd have won that game. Sunday may could have had hung on to some hope, but um it did not happen. So that's the lineup. First and Main Condominiums Hotline presented by First and Main Condominiums Historic Downtown Northport, 205-342-9904. 205-342-9904 is the number. Real quickly, Bama basketball last night took care of Brian Hodson and Arkansas State. Of course, uh, Brian Hodson, the former um, Alabama assistant in his first year as the head coach at Arkansas State brought his team in here and I went to the first half of that game I had to get back and uh, he's got some athletes they they play fat they play just like Alabama just doesn't have the same caliber of players but uh, this one was really never close uh, Bama led 49-28 at the break and they led um, throughout the second half um, wound up winning it by 24 points by the score of 89-65 to so the tide it looked like with about 10 minutes to go in the half might get to 100, but um, give Arkansas State credit. The second half was only 40 to 37, but Bama gets the win 89-65, and the Crimson Tide, of course, um, now getting ready for an incredible stretch of games beginning this weekend with Purdue. They're also going to have um, Arizona and Creighton coming up. So they're 6-2. and two. Those two losses were two really good teams. Ohio State and Clemson, but they're going to play better teams. And, and I tell you, Justin, I don't know how you feel about it, but this is a very talented team, very athletic team, can shoot it. Uh, they're going to roll over a lot of teams that can't match their um, athleticism, their talent. But when they play, we saw it already with Ohio State and with Clemson. When they play good teams that are experienced and have size and physicality, um, and you're not going to see any more size and physicality than you're going to see against Purdue. I promise you that. Same in really Arizona too and Creighton too. I mean, these are all big physical experienced teams. I want to see if they can stand up better. They did not, they got, I thought they got pushed around and I don't mean literally, but you know what I mean? They got, they got out physical against Ohio State and against Clemson. Clemson. Those teams got where they wanted to get on the floor. Alabama defensively did not show a lot of resistance. And, you know, the guy like Zach Eady, if you, if you let him, you know, post up three or four feet from the basket and catch the ball really kind of uninhibited, he's going to score or get fouled. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Yeah, Zach Eady, one of the best players in the country. He was one of the best players last year in the country in the NCAA. But that's what we've, the talk's been all season, especially with those losses against Clemson and Ohio State. It's been defense. And even Coach Oates early in the season was saying, hey, guys need to start playing defense or they're going to lose playing time. Uh, so hopefully they can put it together. I'm excited, though. I think this is a a sneak peek into SEC play, a sneak peek into the tournament come March, even though we're so far away. Yeah, but a good win last night, and um, Alabama moves to 6-2 and two on the season. Arkansas State, which has played a very tough schedule. I mean, Brian Hodgson, uh, you know, is trying to get into his league. Uh, they dropped to 2-7. and seven. All right, as I said, 205-342-9904. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Drew Army coming up at 9.30. I would love to get some phone calls on the other side of the break. Going to dive back into the college football playoff discussion. Also, I didn't spend a lot of time looking at the other bowl games yesterday. We're going to do that. Also, we didn't get to Nick Saban's interview on the college football playoff selection show on Sunday with um, Reese Davis because of time restraints yesterday. I still want to play that interview. It's only about seven minutes plus, and it you know Saban hasn't met with the media since then. So, want to play that sound? His thoughts on getting into the playoff on Florida State being left out. We'll get to that with you as well. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Ground Chuck is going to lead us off on the uh, phone calls 
on the other side of the break. This is the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WTBC, the Tide 109 app, and you can listen live as well at Tide109.com. We'll be right back. This is Crimson Tide Today. It's daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Everwood, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood, treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Following Saturday's SEC championship game victory, here are some thoughts from head coach Nick Saban. Yeah, well, I think that um, I couldn't be a prouder of a bunch of guys uh, on a team that has come so far uh, from where we were second, third game of the season. I think this is a great example for a lot of people who want to be successful in terms of the perseverance that these guys showed, the character that they had to overcome adversity, the resiliency that they played with, and they're truly a team. Uh, everybody's together. Everybody trusts and respects the principles and values of the organization and the program and buy into them. They're all responsible for their own self-determination, which means they can go do their job. Um, so I couldn't be prouder of a bunch of guys. The progress that we made, the way we compete. I'll have more in a moment. Producing championship quality lumber is not an easy process. But at Everwood Preserving, it's our only process. Wood treated right. Everwood offers top-notch pressure treated wood for decks, outdoor structures, commercial jobs, and more that you can build your reputation on. When it comes to quality, we're on the winning team. Visit your local Everwood dealer today and discover the difference for yourself. Everwood Preserving Incorporated, the official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Congratulations to the Crimson Tide football team on being selected to the 2023 college football playoff. Alabama was selected as the number four seed and will play the number one seed Michigan in the Rose Bowl on January 1st. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Everwood. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Lear. Krispy Kreme is a Tuscaloosa tradition since 19... 19- doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The forecast a good supply of sunshine today, the high around 60. Fair tonight, below 38. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and cooler, the high 52. And the weather stays dry Thursday. The sky will be sunny, the high Thursday afternoon at 58. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 45 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. All right, 919. Welcome back to the Gary Harris Show. Drew Army coming up at the bottom of the hour. The Rocket Man from 977 ESPN Radio in Huntsville. Right now, we're going to jump out on the First Main Condominiums hotline and welcome in Ground Chuck. Hey, Ground Chuck, what's happening, man? Oh, not much, Gary. The, uh, this ain't what I call, but I, I want to update. Did you get your $100 today? <laughs> I, I haven't yet. 
<laughs> but, uh, All right, well, you keep you keep us informed now. All right, ground check. Hey, Justin, I don't think ground check's going to let Barry forget about that bet, is he? <laughs> uh, a lot of things I'd like to not let him forget about, but that's the easiest one to do. I was just going to tell you the way we did the last time Alabama played Texas out there in the uh, Rose Bowl, and it might not be uh, feasible for you because you got to carry equipment and somebody else with you. But when we went, the most economical way we went, we drove to New Orleans and stayed at a hotel there that would let you park for nothing. And they had a shuttle to the airport there in New Orleans. And we got our flight from New Orleans to Las Vegas and got a good deal on a room there because, you know, we had points on either a Caesar right. or an MGM card. And they had six buses that went from Las Vegas to the game and back and they included that in your, uh, you know, if you stayed there, you got that. And so it was a it was an economical way to go, plus a really fun trip as far as getting to go to Las Vegas too. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. You're right. When we go to cover a game, though, it's a little different for us because the equipment and yeah. um, you know all the stuff that we have to to take out there. Although it's gotten a lot more condensed than what it was when we went out there. Well, a lot of these trips that we've done uh, for for national championship games and semifinal games we've had to take a huge amount of equipment so you know now it's gotten so economical the the live shot that we do is on a little backpack and the cameras are smaller and we take a laptop so it's not nearly as difficult to, as it once was but still you're you're and I, i'll be honest with you ground chuck i don't know if i'm gonna get to go to pasadena or not we're trying to we're trying to work it out and um it's one of those things where um you know, I, I, I want to go to the national championship game too. And, and, you know, I wish that the semifinal game was in, in New Orleans, but I don't know if I'm going to get to go or not, but we're, we're looking at the cost and looking at how many people we can take and, and all of that. So, uh, but either way, if Alabama makes it to Houston, I'll definitely be there. All right. Well, good luck. Hope you get to go with you with some way with y'all being affiliated with the university. You could put your equipment and maybe put y'all too on some kind of a ride with the team. Or yeah, man. I've, I've, you know, absolutely wish we could do that. You know, that would be the, <laughs> be the, the, the best. So, um, but we'll see. But, uh, you know, either way, I'm going to be tracking it. You know that. So, but, uh, keep, keep, keep giving Barry the business about the, about his Auburn leaning, uh, uh, ways. <laughs> I know yeah. you will. Well, another, another thing I wanted to say too, I know you listen to, uh, what your listeners had to say that two of the favorite guests you have is Drew DeArmond and, uh, Rodney Orr. And I like old Drew because he don't pull any punches. He had tell it like it is. You know, he pretty much described Barry as a, um, Biden supporter. He said anybody that would think Alabama wouldn't go and get in would probably vote for <laughs> Biden too, you know. So he didn't call him by name, but I knew who he was talking about. <laughs> All right, Grant. Right. Have a good day, Jerry. Good to hear from you, man. Ground suck. Uh, He's not going to let up on Barry at all. Woo. Boy, I tell you what. All right, let's get to Jim. Hey, good morning, Jim. Are you the man? Well, you know, I mean, I, I didn't have any, as we talked about, I didn't have any scientific or analytical evidence backing my um, claims. I just went strictly on the fact that I just could not believe, as I told you several times, that at the end of the day, uh, I couldn't see them leaving the SEC champ out, and it, it didn't happen. And, you know, and you and I have discussed this. It's it's horrible that this was the year it caught up with us. You know, we hadn't had this issue any other year in the playoff. In fact, we had teams getting in with, you know, 
Alabama didn't play in the SEC championship game one year and got in. Georgia lost in the SEC championship game two years ago and got in. Ohio State lost last year to Michigan and got in. But this was the year, Jim, it caught up with us. We had more really good teams and deserving teams available than we had spots in the playoff, you know? And somebody was going to get their feelings crushed one way or the other. And it happened to be Florida State and really Georgia too. I mean, any of the other years – you know, if Georgia lost to Alabama by three points at 12 and 0 in that SEC championship game, they'd have turned around and been playing in the playoff, you know, but it didn't happen this year. I mean, when you, you, cause you study it, when you look at it and you, I know you were breaking it down. What was the evidence that you came up with for, for, for putting Texas and Alabama in and, and leaving Florida State out? Uh, well, I mean, I didn't have them um, both in and Florida State out. What I was, what, you know, my argument was, or my, what I was saying is, that, you know, we knew that either Washington or Oregon was going to lose. Yeah. Okay. And, and we knew, you know, and of course, Ohio State or Michigan was going to lose. And Ohio State had, you know, had let me put it, let me ask you this question. Let me phrase it this way. Okay. If Georgia had won, Georgia would be one, Michigan would be two, uh, Washington would be three. Who would have gotten in if Alabama had lost between Texas or Florida State, in your opinion? Well, the committee uh, did the same thing they. Used um they the, the, they used twenty on they had Texas in I yeah mean, they the would have they had Texas yeah now here's what I think I won't say funny I don't usually you know as far as reading people's opinions of whether editorial political or sports you know even you know the best restaurants or the best beach I don't read it because this is somebody's opinion and you when I used to I'd have a different opinion so I just you know but what if I find funny is something I didn't know who this Nicole Arbach was. I mm-hmm. guess you know she writes. You know, oh, she's, like, a, she's listening. She's she's a big she's a Big Ten lover now. I tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Well, here, here's how hypocritical some of these people are. She's talking about she's you know basing her stuff like how do you put a one loss Alabama over undefeated Florida State, and then in her own top four she has Texas number three above Florida State. So she's just a hypocrite. I mean, if she's arguing Alabama shouldn't be in over Florida State because Florida State's undefeated and Alabama's got one loss, why did she put a one-loss Texas in front of FSU? So she's an idiot, I mean, for she's not thinking. I mean, you know, because she's doing the very thing she says shouldn't have happened is putting a one-loss team ahead of an undefeated team. Yeah. Well, oh, well, listen, Jim, you, 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 you hit on something. There is so much hypocrisy from the media when it comes to how they view this and, and, and the things that they say. You know, Desmond Howard last week in one breath said that there's no way you could put Alabama in over Texas because Texas beat them head up. But he said if Georgia lost Alabama in a close game, they sure still should not drop out of the top four. So basically said the head-to-head mattered against Alabama and Texas, but didn't matter with Alabama. I don't know. I can't follow all the way that these people track it. I just know this, Jim. There's a lot of people that are in the media that called Alabama out after the Texas game and the South Florida game. So they, they were done. They were toast. And they were going to lose this game. And, you know, Tim Brando, well, they didn't get exposed this week. But they'll get exposed next week. And, you know, they just kept on winning. And there's a lot of media people that are mad because they called it that Alabama was done and nobody likes in our business to be proven wrong. And now a lot of them having to eat crow won't do it. And so they've 
you know, twisted everything around. Well, Alabama still shouldn't be in. You know, Alabama lost to Texas back in 1962. And you know how what I'm talking about, man. It's a lot of hypocrisy. Yeah, You're yeah. right. Oh, uh, did you uh, did you see how coaches poll how close the three of them were? FSU, Alabama, Texas. Did you see look at the vote total? I didn't. How, give it to me. Yeah. Well, well, FSU was seven points. FSC, FSU got number four, seven points ahead of Alabama and Texas, who was tied with 1,351 votes each. But Alabama actually had three first place votes out of the three of them, but they was all bunched up there together. I mean, um, a lot closer than the um, Associated Press one, which, like I say, I mean, it's just polls. It's just people. But the coaches poll did have them. At Texas and Alabama actually tied. You know. Yeah. Um, hey Jim, we know this though. Um, no matter how they got there, no matter how people are are ticked off about it. Alabama's got a chance to win a national championship now. Now they need to go do it. Because you know what else yeah. will happen? I'll tell you what else will happen. You know this already. If Alabama loses to Michigan, oh, they'll come out of the woodwork. See, that's what happens. You know, you oh, put, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I, so well, not only is Alabama playing for a championship, they're playing to, to, uh, shut these people up. I can tell you that. Well, hell, there's even more pressure on FSU to beat Georgia now. Yeah, so. yeah, and that's an and, interesting and, thing about that game. It's just, it's not a playoff game. It's going to be see how many players for both teams um, play, or or some of them sit it out. That, that game could be decided by which team has the best buy-in. And uh, I feel strongly that Georgia is going to have a good buy-in with Kirby Smart and the way he's run the program. I don't know about Florida State bringing in all those transfers. Some of those guys may say, "No way, man! I'm I'm getting ready for the draft." So we'll we'll see. I, I like Georgia in that game. I, I don't see Florida State with a backup quarterback, even though they'll have the number two guy back. Um, I, if Georgia's got their team intact, I, I think they'll win that one handily, but we'll see. Hey, Jim, man, great call. i got to try to squeeze in one more call okay. on this segment, buddy. Thank you. All right, man. Appreciate Bye. you. All right. Uh, let's get to Steve real quick. Steve, I hate to squeeze you, but i just got a couple of minutes, man. What's up? Hey, Gary. How are you? Doing well. Um, I know this may not be feasible, and nobody may have thought of this, and I know Coach Saban's got everything covered. If you win that game out there, you got to turn around and come all the way back across the country, load back up, and then go back all the way to Texas, the equipment truck and all that. Is there any possibility they would just stay out there? Well, what they, they what they might do, I don't get. I don't know, Steve. But, again, you're right. Nick Saban is a logistical genius. They'll have a plan. They might go straight from Pasadena to Houston. You know, I, I, I don't know yet. But you're right. It's not a, it's not a huge turnaround. It's a weak turnaround. Um so, yeah, they'll look at all that. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, I'm sure now. I'm sure the equipment won't will, will go from Pasadena to Houston. I know it won't come back to Tuscaloosa. Now the team probably will fly back here, but yeah, your equipment and a lot of the managers and people that are responsible for setup, they'll probably because that truck's got to be driven, you know. So it'll be it'll be driven from Pasadena to Houston. It will not come back here um, because I don't, I, I'm pretty confident in saying that because that doesn't make any sense. You drive all the way to Tuscaloosa just to turn around and drive right. back to, uh, to um, Houston. But, but whatever the, the scenario is, they'll Alabama will have a good plan for this. Nobody's done it more than Alabama's done it. Nobody's been in the playoff more. Nobody, you know, in the last few years, the BCS championship game was in that more. So they've got a lot of experience with how to handle these logistical deals. I'll just, I'll just curious because you know NASCAR will do that. They'll stay on the West Coast, you know, and race two or three races mm-hmm. in a row mm-hmm. for for economical reasons. And I just, and I know money's not an issue when you're trying to win a national championship. But I was just 
curious because I'm afraid that's going to be a really physical game. The players will be beat up, and, but I know they can get better treatment here than they could. Yeah, I think, like I said, I'm pretty confident the team will come back. I, I think the team will probably fly back here because uh, you know they'll have a, they'll have a. The, Jet or two, probably two, and it pretty much be direct, and they'll get back here, and they'll have a week to, you know, a few days, and then they'll head down to the the national championship yeah. game. I'm sure it won't be until at the most two games, two days before they go to Houston. They'll they'll spend most of the time here, so they'll be good to go. But yeah, I think the trucks and a lot of the equipment will probably go straight from Pasadena to Houston. That's what I thought. Why was Houston picked? You think, Gary? That just seemed like a strange city to me. You would think well, they, you know, they 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 just put in they they bid to you know put in to get in the rotation, you know, and they 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 yeah. bid these things out, and you qualify based on a set of criteria, just like Indianapolis yeah. did a couple of years ago, and right. uh, they got selected. It's a beautiful facility down there. The only downside for Alabama is if Texas if Alabama and Texas win, that's going to be basically a home game for Texas, much like it Georgia Dome is uh, Georgia Dome Mercedes Benz Stadium is now for uh, for Georgia. So you'll you know you'll kind of be playing in their backyard. If Washington wins, it won't matter. Um, you know Alabama will have have the advantage there on the fan base. But if you have to play Texas, uh, whether it's Michigan or Alabama, Texas is going to you know they're going to take that. That's just in their backyard, basically Houston and Austin. So, but you play them where they're scheduled, and if you're good enough, you'll you'll win them. You know that. That's true. Well, thank you, Gary, so much. You bet, Steve. Always a pleasure to hear from you. All right, nine thirty-two. We got to get to the break. We'll come back with the Rocket Man, Drudy Arman, nine seven seven ESPN Radio in Huntsville. He'll break it down as only he can. Next, right here on the Gary Harris Show. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide one hundred point nine and streaming on the Tide one hundred point nine app. And I think it's gonna be a long, long. He's the Rocket Man, Rudy Arman, 977 Radio, ESPN, and Huntsville, co-host uh, Talking uh, Ball with uh, Scott Tyson, weekday morning, 7 to 9, has his recruiting show, various appearances on radio stations, uh, writes for TiderInsider.com, contributor there, and and Justin, I think it's safe to say Drew's become one of our most anticipated guests. Uh, I get a, I get as many comments on Drew's segment as I do uh, anyone's. Now, that, Drew, I, that's not a license for you to go crazy this morning now, and and uh, but it, people love your candor, and, and they love the way you shoot it straight. Good morning. How are you? Good, Gary. How are you? Doing great. Let's start with football. Obviously, Bama gets it done in Atlanta and uh, gets in the college football playoff. I've, I've said all along that it's unfortunate that since 2014 when the playoff was in – you know, put in, this is the first year we've had a log jam like this. You know, somebody was going to get their hearts broken. Um, it's Florida State. And in many years, Georgia would have probably gotten in. But we, we had that log jam. Bottom line, though, I think you and I agree, Alabama, based on the schedule, based on the resume, based on what the Tide accomplished Saturday in Atlanta, deserved to get in. And and uh, and they did. Well, they did. I think it was more on the committee for how they ranked the team throughout the process. I think Texas and Alabama were undervalued at seven and eight throughout the deal. Uh, you could have made a case for them to be even above Oregon. And I really like Oregon's team. Uh, but I, I just think when you look at it, and even with Jordan Travis healthy because of the weakness of the ACC and because of this being an unusual year with more unbeaten than, uh, than anticipated, uh, you know, I just felt like overall, uh, I think Alabama and Georgia are the two best teams. But the way this all worked out in the process, you just weren't going to get two from the same conference in unless somebody like Texas had fallen by the wayside during the season. Uh, the only legitimate argument to me you can make about Florida State uh, getting in 
as if, you know, there had only been, you know, maybe two unbeaten teams and Florida State was one of them. And then, uh, and if you didn't, and if you had, uh, like, uh, a two loss Big 12 champion or something of that nature, then you probably could have made a case for Florida State. But to me, when it all came down to it, Gary, you know, all conferences aren't created equal. And when you have, you know, uh, three unbeaten teams, Florida State, Washington, uh, and Michigan, but then you have, a couple of one-loss conference champions in Texas and Alabama. And the biggest thing is they played each other. Uh, they they uh, stood up and played each other early. And then when you look at the quality of opponents Florida State played, which was Mutt and Jeff, I mean, you just can't, it, 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 you just can't justify it in my opinion. I think you have to go by the eye test. And then even injuries. I mean, injuries are a part of it. They've cost Alabama at least a couple of national championships directly, in my opinion, in 2016 and 2021. And so Florida State, uh, without Jordan Travis, you looked at that Louisville game, and you just you couldn't uh, you know, see them as being a top-four team, in my opinion, especially when you look back the week before and Kentucky, who's a bottom-third team this year in the SEC, in my opinion, uh, they go over to Louisville and drop 38 on them and beat them 38-31. I just think overall, I don't care if it says Power 5 by your name. You have to see, do they play Power 5 football? And while we've penalized the Pac-12 and the Big Ten in years past, Gary, and they haven't got teams in because they weren't good enough, I think, unfortunately for Florida State, even though they were undefeated, the, 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 uh, the ACC was just too weak. And, and the best way to, to, uh, to equate it is, and you've watched all these teams play, Gary, if you had Florida State, even with Jordan Travis, you know, healthy, would Florida State be favored to beat Alabama, Texas, Washington, or Michigan? I don't think they would. I agree with you 100%. That's a, that's a great way to, great way to look at it. As for the matchup, Drew, I was, I was still hoping that Alabama would get New Orleans selfishly. I thought maybe, uh, based on some, Things that I had been told that Alabama might wind up being the, the three seed and get to play down in New Orleans against, uh, against Washington. That's not the case. Tides a four seed. Got to travel across country. Of course, obviously it's a spectacle to the biggest brands in college football history in the Rose Bowl. It's going to be, it's going to be a great, um, atmosphere and, and what college football is all about. For the game, I was surprised, Drew, quite frankly, that Michigan opened as a two and a half point favorite. I thought it'd be about the other way around. Um, you, you're, I know you're already looking at it. You're already studying it. Um, you know, what do you think of this matchup between the Tide and the Wolverines? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good matchup for Alabama. Now, I understand Michigan's extremely well coached and they're hard nosed and they're physical. There's no doubt about that. So Alabama from a front seven perspective, is going to have to be ready. Uh, and certainly with Harbaugh being suspended twice and everybody, uh, you know, criticizing Michigan, they're going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. They've never won a college football playoff game. But I still think Alabama has more explosiveness. I still think Alabama has the kind of defense that can contain Michigan. Uh, you know, you know, can Michigan throw the ball on Alabama with J.J. McCarthy? I I, you know, I have my doubts on that. And the good thing about this, Gary, when you get a three-week window, guys like Jason McClellan can heal up. We certainly know Kool-Aid McKinstry with his uh, concussion can heal up as well. Uh, and then when you look at their, uh, when when uh, when you look at Alabama, even even the the injury to Dallas Turner, which limited him somewhat in the game, 
he'll be able to heal up. So I think Alabama will be as healthy as they've been in a while, uh, which is going to be a big advantage to the Tide. And, and, and also, I think, too, uh, with, with Michigan, I just don't think the Big Ten is – I don't even think it's the second-best conference in the country. I think overall – I even made this bold statement, Gary – if you go by the eye test, I, I, I think Michigan is the fifth best team in the country. I don't think they're number one. I think the, the four best teams that I've seen this year uh, with my own eyes are Alabama, Georgia, uh, you know, and and Washington. I think Washington from the Pac-12 and Texas when I saw Texas beat Alabama. I've watched Michigan. It doesn't impress me if you can beat overrated Penn State and Happy Valley by throwing no passes. It doesn't impress me. When you beat, uh, you know, Iowa 26 to nothing and you have less than 200 all-purpose yards. None of that impresses me, uh, you know, when you, when, it, when I see these other teams play because to me, all of them are better offensively than Michigan. Michigan plays an old school style, uh, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, that it kind of reminds me of Gene Stallings, Alabama. So they're certainly to be respected and you have to prepare to, to beat them. But when I, when it push comes to shove and you're talking about modern college football, I know they beat Ohio State, but again, I never was sold on Kyle McCord. Obviously, the freaking Ohio State coaching staff wasn't because he's gone into the transfer portal. And I just felt, I just feel like overall, the teams that I just mentioned, those four are all better on both sides of the ball. And uh, certainly Michigan deserves to be in the playoff, I guess, because they won the Big Ten. But I mean, I'm just talking about the teams that I think are better than them. Uh, and uh, I just think those guys, the teams I just mentioned are, and basically the, the, where they lost and when they lost is what kept Georgia out of it. Uh, and so they ended up, and I think Georgia's schedule strength too, because let's be honest, we talked about it all year on your show. The SEC was a little down too, because I don't think there's a dominant team in college football. And the, and the, in the last year of divisional play, the East division was, I, I thought, really down. And, uh, because when you look at Florida, they weren't very good. South Carolina wasn't very good. Really, there were only two good teams in the East, because I don't think Tennessee was great. I think they were mediocre. You had Missouri, and you had uh, Georgia. And let's not forget, if it wasn't uh, for a bonehead uh, decision by the Gators to you know uncover Luther Burden pretty much on 4th and 17, the Gators would have won at Missouri. So I just think overall, it's a down year in college football. But I do think the two matchups for the last year of the uh, of this four team format, uh, this uh, playoff, are good. I think they should create a lot of interest because you got two of the what you just mentioned biggest brands in the sport in Michigan uh, and, and Alabama, and they get, and Alabama gets to go back to the Rose Bowl for the first time since '09. Because remember, they were supposed to be there in 2020, but they we but everybody got Biden, and so they weren't able to go, and so then. Uh, they'll be going back to the Rose Bowl. And then I think that Washington-Texas game, I would take the over. I think it's going to be a very exciting offensive game. And let's not forget, I, I'm picking Texas, and I'm picking Alabama. But Washington beat Texas in the bowl game a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, if it goes that way, what a matchup that's going to be a rematch. Can you, Drew, can you imagine the hype if it is a Alabama-Texas rematch after playing in Tuscaloosa? Now they'll be playing in Houston, basically, you know, home game for, for Texas. Uh, of course, both teams have to earn that, that spot, but boy, that would be something, that would be crazy. I can tell you that. Um, your thoughts on, on this team. Um, 
And I and I think you were like me. I I think early in the year you still felt like that this team could could do some things. Uh, I think we both realized that Milrow was a young quarterback trying to find his way. That offensive line had a true freshman left tackle. I said all along, Drew, my motto was this team's going to be really good come November. Can they make November matter? And the biggest game of the year, I thought, was the Ole Miss game. I, I, that, you know, you lose that when the season goes in a different direction. A lot of people picked Alabama to lose that game coming off the, the South Florida debacle, even though they won and Milrow back in the lineup. They got through that one, Drew, and they just started stacking victories. They started building confidence. Offensive line got better. Milrow started making plays. Running game came along. Defense was, was salty. I mean, this is a team that, you know, coaches can see it. But fans rarely can see a team improve. I mean, a lot, and a lot of Saban's teams, Drew, as you know, they were good from game one. But we, as fans and media people, you could see week to week, game to game, this team improve. It was an amazing ride. Well, it was. I mean, I, it's probably the furthest that I've, you know, seen a, a team come. And, and for example, you know, we were all there against Texas when uh, uh, when Milrow didn't respond well, in my opinion, to the two INTs. Uh, you know, he didn't play very well. He, he was pressing. Uh, you know, he, he, he took sacks. He, he, he wasn't playing with a uh, confidence and a swagger. I thought, you know, what, the way he handled the game against Georgia showed how far he's come as a player. Because look, Gary, he played exceptionally well when they beat Dirt Neck and Texas A&M and burned, uh, Kyle Field to the ground. Uh, and he threw the ball for over 300 yards in that game. He played well. I thought he played very well against LSU using his arm and his legs. And he and he matched Jaden Daniels, who's going to win the Heisman Trophy. But honestly, and I think you would agree with me, he didn't play great against Georgia. He didn't. Uh, he, had, he, he had some great moments. He, he, he came I, up clutch, but he didn't play great. That's a great way to look at it, yeah. Right. He he, he had some some a great throw to Burton. You know, he, you know he, he converted the fourth down when Bond helped him out and made a great catch. Uh, you know, and, 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 and he made a, he, he ran the football well late. I thought Tommy Reed helped him out with the play calls, but I thought the defining moment for him was you're playing against Georgia. I think one of the, the two best teams in the country, your team's only up by three. It's, uh, you know, it's 20 to 17. It's anybody's ball game. Georgia's got all the momentum. They just returned a punt and then, uh, and got in field in, uh, in the scoring range. And they score a touchdown. The place is going crazy. The dogs are all barking. And then he goes out there and he goes four for four and leads his team straight down the field and they score a touchdown. And see, that's what, that, that's kind of what starts separating you and makes you into a really good quarterback. I, I, what I equate it to, is, and, I, and it's another comeback game for Alabama, is the 2012 comeback in Baton Rouge against LSU where A.J. McCarron had a poor second half. I think Alabama had about – I think I, in the third quarter against uh, Georgia Saturday, I think they had about 20 or 30 yards at one point. And in the second half against LSU in that game, A.J. McCarron, I think, going into the final drive, had one completion the whole second half. But when it mattered, he and Kevin Norwood got cooking. Uh, there was some good play calling by, uh, you know, Doug Nussmeyer, and Alabama called the screen to Yeldon. We know what happened. A.J. led his team down the field. And they won the game. And I remember how emotional A.J. was after that drive. Well, this was the same kind of coming-of-age thing for Milrow. He led his team straight down the field. They score. And then Alabama, uh, you know, has to once again 
Georgia didn't go away. Georgia proved how good they are, even with a, a slowed Brock Bowers and Ladd McConkey battling it out. They go down and score again, so Alabama has to run the clock out. And what do they do? They do exactly that. Uh, you see, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jalen Milrow running the football smartly, not going out of bounds, sliding down, and then, uh, you know, uh, uh, running out the clock a couple of plays later on the nice quarterback power call by, uh, you know, Tommy Reese. So I just thought overall it was a coming-of-age moment for Jalen Milrow. It, it always shows how good a player you're becoming if you can beat a great team and not play your best game. And I thought Dylan Milrow did that on Saturday. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. That's that's a great way to to, to frame that. All right, uh, Judy Arman with us for a few more minutes. I, I want to ask you about all this fake outrage that's going on. I, I I think that people in our business, it's just become, you know, it's not what it once was. And everybody just loves to run out on Twitter and give their opinions. And, I, you know, some people probably genuinely do feel sick that Florida State didn't get in. But there's a lot of these people who are just posturing. There's a, and you know, a lot of them, we've read their, their tweets. They're just mad. They're mad that they had written Alabama off. Um, and now Alabama's playing for a, you know, chance to win a national championship. Uh, what do you make of some of this media res- response and reactions to, to Alabama getting in? Well, I mean, if it had been Georgia, I don't think there would have been the outrage or any other school because Alabama has ruled the sport with an iron fist. Um, you know, the the equation that I made to it, Gary, is um, when, when uh, what is, what what day is Nick Saban's birthday? Do I know? I, I it just it, oh, I, Halloween. I, Halloween. It's on Halloween. Yeah. See, Nick Saban is the boogeyman. Okay, I'm trying to figure out where you're going with this. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, your your producer ought to just start playing the Halloween theme with Michael Myers. That's okay. basically what he is to a lot of people. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, Nick Saban is the boogeyman because he will not go away. Uh, people keep trying to uh, write Alabama off. They keep trying to say the dynasty's dead, but it's not. Uh, you know, Nick Saban has done the best job of navigating. I certainly give Kirby Smart and Georgia a ton of credit for winning 29 in a row. Sure. Like Joseph Saban said, it's extremely hard to do. But I think Alabama, uh, you know, was the better team on Saturday. They were the more disciplined team. They were the tougher team. They were the more physical team. Now, they have a golden opportunity. Uh, there's, there's, there it is. There's no guarantee that, that, uh, that, uh, that Alabama will win the national championship. They're going to have to play well to beat Michigan, but they've earned this opportunity. And anybody with an, you know, a football IQ over five can see that they're one of the four best teams. I just think they were underseeded. You know, we always talk about being underseeded in the NCAA tournament. Well, Alabama and Texas were underseeded in this process. And that's the real mistake the committee made because they misled a lot of people. Because honestly, I don't think Florida State, even in their undefeated state, they, they probably shouldn't even have been in the top four when you look at schedule strength. They probably should have been hanging around in the five or six spot, but because they were undefeated, uh, they moved up to three, to four and then three. But I just don't think it, they should have. I don't think they were one of the top four teams because again, the biggest thing they, if they always tell you in the NCAA tournament in basketball is schedule strength matters. You know, conference strength matters. Was anybody raising Kane 15 years ago when the SEC basketball was a two team league? 
a two-bid league because of Florida and Kentucky and everybody else was mediocre? No, because that was the truth. You have to tell the truth, and the truth is the ACC it was, it was not a good league this year in football and that the if Louisville Cardinals would, would have been a 7-5 and five or 6-6 six and six team at best in the SEC. And I, I dare to say, even with Jordan Travis, that Florida State would have been 9-3 and three or 8-4. and four. Drew, real quickly, because I'm up against the clock, so when I tell you a minute, I, we literally got a minute. Uh, the, folks, this is how committed Drew is to covering sports, though. Drove all the way down for Huntsville last night for the Alabama-Arkansas State basketball game. Drove home, got up early this morning, did a radio show. But uh, um, you were here last night for Alabama. I thought it was a workman-like performance against an outmanned opponent. But uh, the key is we've seen them against again you got to keep it short but we've seen them against uh, ohio state and and clemson get bullied and now they're about to play um purdue <laughs> arizona and creighton uh do you think this team is going to be more prepared for the kind of physicality they're going to face than they were the last couple of matchups i hope so there it sounds like nick pringle will be back they need him they need grant nelson i know he had a lower leg injury last night gary and he missed the last part of the second half they didn't need him, though. They're going to need him on Saturday. Uh, you know, they're going to have to shoot the basketball well. But the biggest thing they're going to have to do is defend and rebound better. Uh, you know, I thought they didn't do a great job in the second half at times of doing that. Uh, but certainly, uh, I, they are skilled. I didn't think they played great offensively last night and still uh, scored 89 points. Uh, and like Brian Hodgson said, you know, Nate could have scheduled a couple other guarantee games and been unbeaten right now, but he played – Ohio State, uh, certainly, and, he, and that Indiana State team is really good. And he played Clemson. Hopefully that's going to benefit Alabama in the next uh, 10 days to two weeks uh, because they need to try to get one of these three games uh, to help them help their uh, strength of schedule going in to, to get a quad one win, so to speak. But, again, the schedule's brutal. Uh, but, certainly, uh, Alabama's got to get more out of Muhammad Wagi and Nick Pringle and Grant Nelson. Uh, if they're going to be able to compete uh, with, the, you know, with yeah, Purdue, the number one team in the country, uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, as you said, Creighton in Arizona. Drew, awesome. Uh, Justin's going to help me out and double out these break, double up these breaks because we went way over, but everybody was looking forward to your segment. And uh, real quickly, tell people where they can find you. Yeah, Drew D, 977 ESPN. Also, 977 ESPN for our station. Everything is on our uh, 977ESPN.com. Uh, website and on our SoundCloud page. Uh, we do the recruiting blitz Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on our morning blitz show. Uh, and we always enjoy being on tie 109. And it's always great to win eight out of nine against the Georgia Bulldogs. I uh, tweet on Saturday. Thanks, Drew. Thank you. All right. And we're going to go ahead and wrap up this first hour since I went over. And, uh, so Justin's going to combine these breaks. And when we come back on the other side, we will be in hour number two. And I know we had a couple people call in phone calls. will be available, um, sometime in the second hour, really the last half hour of the second hour will be good for phone calls because we're going to start off the hour number two with Bobby Sproul. And then we got Kayla Anderson, but after that we'll be free to uh, take phone calls. So, uh, Stay with us. Got some more great sports talk coming up on the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM. WTBC This Hour has been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. 
Football is back, and no one has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big-screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We'll forecast a good supply of sunshine today, the high around 60. Fair tonight, the low 38. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and cooler, the high 52. And the weather stays dry Thursday. The sky will be sunny, the high Thursday afternoon at 58. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 46 degrees in Tuscaloosa. It's the holiday mystery sale at JC. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and screening on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Monday Night Football saw the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville 34-31 in OT. Bengals were led by quarterback Jake Browning, who completed 32 of 37 passes for 354 yards, one touchdown. He also had a rushing touchdown. I mean, he just lit the world on fire. I, I, half time, you know, I wasn't sure if we had an incompletion if the ball had hit the ground yet. And I just thought he managed the game beautifully well. He was aggressive with some of his throws. I did a great job making plays with his feet. That was head coach Zach Taylor. Unfortunately for Jacksonville, they had to finish their game without quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who suffered a right ankle sprain and had to be helped off the field in the fourth quarter. He will have more tests done today to determine the extent of the injury and how much time he will miss. And at the quarterfinals of the NBA in-season tournament, the Pacers eliminated the Celtics 122-112 to and the Pelicans eliminated the Kings 127-117. to Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news, only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. A huge crowd watching the West Alabama Christmas Parade pass through the intersection of Greensboro Avenue and University Boulevard last night was horrified when a nine-year-old boy fell upon a trailer and was run over by its wheels. TPD is still attempting to identify that white woman in her 50s who was struck by two vehicles while walking in the middle lane of McFarland Boulevard near Harrison Parkway early yesterday morning. More protests are expected in reform today over the tasing of a handcuffed 24-year-old Micah Washington by a female reform police officer. Latest local news in Tuscaloosa. Hey, Alabama Sports Updates. 
And severe weather information. Download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news. And sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV. Crimson Tide kickoff. Play-by-play for Alabama sports. And sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. Hour number two the Gary Harris Show right here on Tide 100.9 FM. 1230 AM WTBC. Gary Harris, Justin Jones for another hour. This hour is brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, not only great lawyers, but gentlemen of the highest degree, incredible character. I think that's important. If you uh, need an attorney in regards to an automobile accident, personal injury, wrongful death, product liability, 18-wheeler incident, whatever it may be that fits into their wheelhouse, they will do you right. If they accept you as a client, no money out of pocket. You only have to pay if they collect for you, and they'll go the entire distance with you. Even if you have to go to court, one of those lawyers will be in the courtroom with you. Feet on the ground in West Alabama. Paul's in Tuscaloosa, 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport, 205-759-3939. And remember, the commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. PattersonCobalLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And let's jump out of the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and welcome in head coach of the Shelton State Bucks, Bobby Sproul, former major leaguer, former Bama baseball pitcher, over 1,100 wins, uh, one of the best junior college programs in the country, is right here in Tuscaloosa with Shelton State and Bobby Sproul. Done it all, except when the Junior College World Series have knocked on that door a bunch of times. I still think he's going to get it done before he retires. Good morning coach what's up gary hey before i forget you know paul patterson played for me did he really i did not know paul that Patterson was a good pitcher yeah i, I can't paul really was a good here. athlete i didn't realize he played for you at shelton state yeah, yeah he played there's the uh yeah, it's a small world. It really is. And, boy, well, you know what kind of guy he is. He's uh, he's as good as it gets. Yeah, he's always been that way. Um, so. Let's get to some news at hand, and that is a big golf tournament. Shelton State Baseball has got coming up here in a couple of days. Still room for teams, need some support. Go ahead right off the top and, and put that out there. And uh, where, when, and how? Well, what we did a few about a month and a half ago is you know, we decided we needed to fundraise some money and and because we're trying to do some stuff to our field and up upgrade some stuff. But uh, we decided to do a golf tournament and, and uh, we're going to play at Indian Hills on, on Thursday. And and uh, you know, we got a lot of ex players and and we've got a lot of uh, teams, but we could use a couple more teams or anybody that wants to sponsor a hole, we could use that. But uh, you know, it's it it. it, it it looks like the weather's going to be good. It's going to be in the low 60s, upper 50s. And, you know, we, uh, we're looking forward to it. It's always a good time when you have something like that. It's, you know, it's relaxing. It's fun. Indian Hills has got a great facility, and, and we're excited. Yeah, it's a beautiful golf course out there. I, I, I played out there not too long ago in the baseball country tournament and it is in outstanding shape. Hey, people. if you want to play, come out and I'll get you on a team. Well, I, let Top me. Hey, Bobby, seriously, let me check at work today, and maybe I can I can squeeze out there. Yeah. I'll let you know this afternoon. It's hard for me yeah, to take just off. Let me but know if we'll get you on a team. We got some. We're still looking for some individual players. Okay, well, I'll I'll, I'll let you know because it's a it's going to be yeah. a great opportunity. Um, yeah, folks, uh, you know, 
Bobby, again, if, if they want, people want to get involved, whether it's a sponsorship or a team or an individual, uh, you might have given it and I missed it, but do you have a number they can call or, or how can yeah, they, they can call me on my cell phone? It's, it's 205-886-6240 or they can get a hold of Tommy Randolph, um, at 310 I don't even, I, I can't remember. Hang on, I got his number. You want me to just yeah. give this, hang on, let me pull it up here. Cause yeah. yeah, Tommy, cause Tommy, yeah, he, uh, he'll, he'll get you hooked up, folks, whatever you need. Hey, let's, yeah, let me pull Tommy up here and give his number. Cause Tommy really, um, just call Tommy Randolph on his cell, 205-310-7191. Coach can help you out too, but, but coach, you know this. If you call Tommy, he will get you hooked Tommy up. Gets it done. Two zero five three one zero seven one nine one. There's not a bigger baseball, uh, Shelton State baseball supporter than Tommy Randolph. So get out there Thursday, oh. folks, and and a beautiful golf course, a great facility, great cause. Because let's just be honest, Coach, um, fundraising is important. You know, if you got a fundraising is important at our level. Yeah, you know, we our administration has been really great, and they give us a lot of stuff. And and but with with each year, the expenses go up, and and. Uh, we, we like to treat our kids as good as we can treat them within the rules and that. And, and, and to do it, you got to have a little extra money. And hopefully, and, and I'm one of those that I really don't like asking people for money. Um, but, you know, this is for a worthy cause. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if, if people haven't seen our field lately, it's it's immaculate. You know, we upgrade our locker rooms really nice. And we, we've done a good job with it so far. And, when I say we, don't count me in as much as some of the other people are doing it. So, yeah, one thing you've done too is to, when you've built the kind of program you've built, uh, you get a reputation. Guys want to come play here, whether they're whether they're guys that are draft eligible but don't feel like they're quite ready. Uh, they figure they can come to Shelton for a year or two, and then they'll have options either maybe to go back into have professional baseball or go to a, a D one school. And you've got. Guys who just, quite frankly, want to play for you. Uh, if pitchers, I, I, I know this because I've talked to some of them. <laughs> Your reputation as a pitching coach, uh, obviously as a head coach, but as somebody to work with pitchers is renowned. And you get high caliber athletes, guys that are, like I said, draft, have been drafted or have turned down D1 opportunities initially. Um, haven't won that junior college world series yet, but come close, but just speak to that and the kind of players that you're able to bring in because of the facilities, because of the success of the program and because of, you know, your reputation as a coach. You know, I, to, to sit there and say that I'm, I'm, I'm all that, you know, we, we do have a great, well, facility. I said it, we got a great <laughs> school. We got, we're sitting in Tuscaloosa, you know, so, so we have a lot of advantages, but, but we try to look for those guys that, uh, Number one, they want to be at Shelton. I think that's the most important part. You know, I don't have to worry about portals where in the middle of the season guys are thinking about leaving. I, you know, we want guys that want to be a part of our program and, and do it the right way and quit worrying about who's watching them and go out and work. Know you're at Shelton for a reason and to work. So we're real picky on that. And we've been blessed with a lot of good players. No matter what, you know, you can say I'm the best pitching coach in Tuscaloosa or anywhere. There's a lot of guys that can say that. We, we, you gotta have good pitchers too. They gotta have good arms. And the one thing that I've done over the years is I've never wavered in, in, in how I work with pitchers. You know, I, I'm a firm believer that a lot of this stuff is hurting people's arms, these drive lines and these weights and that. And 
we we do it the old fashioned way, and it, it's been good enough for us. So I'm not going to change. So, well, it's I'm working. not going to get into that. Uh, all those gizmos they use. Well, it's working great. And uh, all right, just got a couple more minutes here, Coach. But just uh, I, I know you're not going to be defined by it, but. And, and you still got some good years in front of you. You love coaching baseball. Um, how how big would it be to to lead this program to a World Series national championship before before you step down? I mean, you, you've had teams that were good enough. You can take some luck, but you just keep. I, I, I contend if you just keep knocking on that door enough times, eventually you're gonna knock it in. Well, you know when you when when you first get into this, you you wonder how it's going to be when you go to the World Series because you're playing against good teams and and uh, part of it's your bracket you play in and and the biggest thing you got to have is guys that don't get shook because you are playing in front of between five and fifteen thousand people a game, which is unusual in junior college and and we've gone out there with probably two or three teams that had as good a chance to win mm-hmm. it. Now the best team we ever took out there. Um, we couldn't have beat the team. They were so hot and they were on fire and, and, uh, we, we had our best pitcher that was ready to pitch, but his arm was tender and I just, mm. you know, I held him out. I didn't let him pitch, but I don't even know if he could beat him because they were, they were on fire. But we've been out there a couple of years and had some tough luck. And you, you know, whether you're a pitcher short or getting that big hit, that's, that's the way you win games, you know. And, and that's where we've always done well. Our pitchers, every time we've gone out there early in the tournament have, they're really throwing the ball well. It kept us in every game. So hopefully one year we get it. We'll have a, you know, this will be another good team. So tough thing is getting out of our state, like always. Yeah. So many things yeah. can happen in an 18 tournament. Yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge and you've, you've navigated it well. All right. Um, when you look at the overall, cause this is out of your wheelhouse a little bit, but we were talking about it on the phone briefly last night. Um, having played division one baseball, having been involved in collegiate athletics at the junior college over for a long time. When you look at what's happening at the, at the D one level with the portal and with NIL, good or good or bad, what, what, what we've seen, uh, you know, transpire in the last couple of years, in your opinion? Definitely bad, 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 bad. It's beyond beach kids. And that's, you know, you got to work for what you get. Nothing's given to you. If somebody's better than you are, you got two choices to work hard or quit, not just jump ship, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, and I know how kids are. Once you give in to them, it's hard to get back. It's like my grandkids. If I take them shopping once and buy them something, I must have to buy them something <laughs> all the time, you know. And, and that's the way, that's the way these, these, these college kids are, you know, until they, you know, like I've tried to tell people, I, I, you know, I'm not the smartest guy. But if you make, if you, if you start this portal before the season starts and force kids to get in before the season, then it's up to the coach whether he wants to play or not, you right. know? But if you let them do it after the year, you don't know whether those kids are playing for your team or themselves, you know? Goes back to what I was saying that the type of player I'm looking for is a guy that wants to be at Shelton, that wants to be here to play, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you get guys that are playing, and then you hear a month before the season's over they're going to transfer to another SEC school. Well, that's not – is it really fair to the team, you know? So I think they got some problems. I, I'm just glad I don't have to worry about it. And, right. and we're the one – No, go ahead. We're the one area that, that doesn't have to worry about it because the high school guys get screwed and, and college guys can do what they want. And poor college coaches, it's a headache. Well, Bobby, I couldn't you, imagine coaching football or basketball yeah. at a big level. Yeah. You know, you got to worry about who's coming, who's going, how much money you got to raise. 
Yep. Anyway, we can sit and talk about that all day. Yeah, well, we may get you back on to do that sometime when we have more time. But, folks, uh, Bobby's, Bobby Sproul keeps on uh, churning out great teams down at Shelton. Help them out Thursday uh, with this fundraising uh, golf tournament at uh, Indian Hills. Call Tommy Randolph for more information. Again, that phone number, 205-310-7191. Weather's going to be incredible. Uh, golf course is in awesome shape. It'll be a fun day of fellowship, good golf, and uh, you're helping out uh, one of the best junior college or community college baseball programs in the country in Shelton State. Head Coach Bobby Sproul with us this morning. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. I hope, you, hope I see you tomorrow, Gary. All right, I'll Thursday. let you know. Thank you. All right, All right it's Bye-bye. 10-16. We'll get to the break. We'll come back with the Titans report with Kayla Anderson next right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We'll forecast a good supply of sunshine today, the high around 60. Fair tonight, the low 38. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and cooler, the high 52. And the weather stays dry Thursday. The sky will be sunny, the high Thursday afternoon at 58. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 50 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home. For Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 1019, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. And uh, it's time for the Titans Report with Kayla Anderson, Emmy-winning sports anchor now on Ramon, Kayla, and Will on 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. We've only got about 10 minutes with Kayla this morning, so we're going to jump right in. Good morning, Kayla. How are you? Morning, Gary. I just wanted to say I did call Alabama winning that game. You just did. Make that clear. You did. You were on it, and uh, <laughs> and now, uh, boy, we have uh, we're excited here. But boy, it's been some kind of what? A, real quickly, since you mentioned it, what a year! The final year of the fourteen playoff, and we first time in since twenty fourteen that we've had the thing that we had this log jam, and somebody was going to get you know their feelings hurt. Just kind of we could have just made it one more year, <laughs> we would have been fine. Yep. But it, it happened to be this year. You had to go out with a bang, right, before you moved on to to the next expansion. Uh, But, yeah, look, feelings got hurt. Was it unfair to Florida State in some way? Sure. But was it fair of who got in and the type of, I think, games we're going to see? Absolutely. And that's just the way of the world. Human error is involved just like it is in a lot of things. So you, you can't be mad. I'm excited to see Alabama in it. I think they've deserved it. Um, and you can't rule out Nick Saban ever. So. No, sure can. Alabama, Michigan at the Rose Bowl, two iconic brands, Texas and Washington and the other semi. And we might even have a wind up having an Alabama, Texas rematch for the national championship in Houston. The Lord, the storylines there. Uh, let's get, <laughs> let's get to the Titans though, because you know what? I, there's, they were still clinging to hope, you know, still trying to, you know, get back to back wins for the first time this season. At home against the Colts, a division game. You win that game, and you're still you're still hanging on here to some some playoff hopes. And this one stings because this is a game that the Tennessee Titans flat out should have won, and uh, and they didn't. And it and it, I'm sure the people, the fans there, and the the organization, the players, coaches are hurting because this is one they flat out let get away, 31-28 in overtime. Should have won that football game. Yeah, it was hard, Gary, because really the. Optimism going into that game was a lot greater than I thought from the fan base, at least. And it's been a down year. Uh, some of the most down years we've seen in a long time here for the Tennessee Titans under Mike Vrabel, because they've been mostly winning seasons um, until this year. And it's just hard because you were at home for the first time in back-to-back games. You were looking for your first then 
back-to-back wins of the season, and I thought they had a lot of momentum, even coming off of a you know an okay performance against a really bad Carolina team. But they truly believed the players did that playing at home has made a difference for them this year because at Nissan Stadium this year they were undefeated coming into this past weekend with the Indianapolis Colts. It's an AFC South division opponent. You've got Gardner Minshew as the backup, which you know has played well, but it, it's it's not some high caliber quarterback. Um, and you had a chance to take this one, and they really put every amount of effort they could into this, Gary. I mean, it came into an overtime situation, losing your MVP and Ryan Stonehouse, who has been spectacular uh, punting for the last two mm-hmm. seasons here. Uh, you lost Jeffrey Simmons who has continued to be a force, especially as of late. And then you lose Derrick Henry, um, who went off the field with a concussion at the time they were, you know, in protocol for being a concussion. You're down your three best players, and you continue to fight into overtime. Unfortunately, it's the same mistakes that come back to nip this team in the butt. It's giving up those massive plays. It's making mistakes in big situations that they just can't seem to shake this year, Gary, and not equal to a loss. Yeah, it did. And, um, you know, and even that missed extra point uh, with because uh, yep. you had to go to a different holder because of the, the punter injury. And, and uh, you know, you make that extra point, you probably win it in regulation. Uh, you mentioned Henry. It was reported that he was in concussion protocol. Vrabel said yesterday that he is not. So is he cleared and good to go for the Monday night game at Miami next week? Yeah, and I was actually a little bit surprised about that because they he left in the fourth quarter of that game with what appeared to be a concussion, obviously went into the locker room, was going through some tests, and then it was like reported yesterday early mm-hmm. earlier in the day by some national media that he was indeed in concussion protocol and that there was no, you know, word yet on if he'd play because most Mike Vrabel you know, situations with concussions that we've seen since I've been here is those players at least miss one game. He is very serious about the concussion protocol and making sure these players come back um, at the right time, not just to come back to play a game. And then when we heard yesterday Mike Brabel in his presser, he pretty much said he's no longer in concussion protocol. He never really was. We'll monitor him. If he shows signs of concussion, obviously he'll go back into a protocol-type situation. But he should be good to go for Monday night football, which, again, is a positive thing for the Titans considering what's up against them uh, down in Miami, Gary. Yeah, uh, the the Titans, um, yeah, you will get to I'm one thought on that <laughs> in a moment. But wrapping up this Colts game, that first half, and, and I was not watching Every play, but I have the I have the NFL uh, red zone package, so I was able to kind of monitor all the games. And uh, the offensive line got some push. I mean, it looked like vintage Titans in that first half. Derrick Henry had his best half of the the season. Of course, as you mentioned, the injury there in the second half. But um, so many positives to build on in that game. If they could have just finished and got the W, you'd go into this Monday night game with an entirely different mindset. But uh, as you said, in the in the end, there's a reason teams have the records that they have. And all the things that have plagued this team all year, you said it, it, it wound up plaguing them again, and they just weren't good enough to get it done. Yeah, it, that's what's been frustrating is because you've seen them put parts of the games together. So, like, the first half, for the first time all year, they scored on their opening drive, and you're thinking, okay, this is a positive sign, right? 
But then you remember in the back of your mind, there's always then that second half that they kind of let you down. And you saw it in the Carolina game. They scored points in the first half, but not able to do really much in the second half against a really bad Carolina team. That just continues to be the issue. It's like teams make adjustments against them that they're they're not able to match that. And I think that that just comes down to personnel. You just don't have enough, I don't want to say talent on the field, but it's just not compared to the other teams that then are making adjustments. Um, and then, you know, you have the mistakes you continue to make. You're right. You're not going to win games because there's no margin of, of, for error for this team. If you make one mistake, there's a bet that you're not going to really win that game. I mean, that's just the difference between a Titans team in the past and a Titans team this year that has just been with the roster. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, before you get uh, out of here, next Monday night, boy, if the Titans had a good record and were contending for a division championship, this is still a huge game. It's still Monday night. Um, but this team they're playing is so explosive. Weapons all over the field. I, I fear that this one could get ugly. I, I want you to tell me, you know, what the Titans have to do. I, I hate to say that just to keep it competitive and not get embarrassed on Monday night, but that's the question. What do they have to do to try to keep from getting embarrassed on Monday night? It's tough. Uh, this is probably the toughest task they'd ha- they've had this year, especially because it's on the road where they've not won a game this season. So what makes you think they're going to go win a game in the AFC, you know, leading Miami Dolphins. I, I just, I don't, I don't know how you can overcome this because it's just they are in such a bad situation. They won't have Jeffrey Simmons. They won't have the, the field flipping ability with Ryan Stonehouse. Heck, I don't even know who the punter is going right. to be on, on Monday Night Football, right? But you always look at this team and you say, okay. They're always going to be up for the task. No matter if they don't have the bodies, they're going to try to have that next man up mentality. And I really do believe this team, they don't just say that. They really try their best to go out there and with what they've got, try to, to put on some sort of a performance and stay in the battle. So I think that's what you ask of this team on Monday night in, in front of everybody. You don't want to embarrass your team. And I think a lot of people expect this team to get embarrassed. It's like a double-digit um, favorite for the Miami Dolphins right now. Like, that's crazy. That's an NFL double digits don't come along often with this Miami team it has because they can score points. But I think you just have to go out there and, and try to make it competitive and hold your own on national TV, you know, in front of that audience on Monday Night Football and, and try to, you know, have a defensive performance that at least you can maybe hold them a little bit. Um, I know you're not going to have Jeffrey Simmons and it starts up front, but you have to have that next man up mentality. These cornerbacks, I mean, they've got to play their best game of the season. You're going up against Tyree Kill, who, in my opinion, could be could be an MVP mm-hmm. this year. And it usually goes to the quarterback, but man, I could make an argument for what he's doing down there. He's just impossible to cover. Um, Tua Tungvaloa played incredible football. He's been healthy this year. Um, it's going to be a task area. I don't think it's going to be one, they're, they're going to be able to get done. But I could say just to hold it close, um, you got to ask for at least that. Great stuff as always, Kayla. Let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, uh, at Twitter, you can find me at Kayla Anderson TV. Uh, follow the latest college football, NFL, whatever you ask. I put it on there. And then also Ramon, Kayla, and Will on the mornings, uh, 104.5 The Zone on the podcast, wherever you find your podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Gary.
Great stuff. Titans uh, struggling, but uh, Kayla always keeping us up to date. All right, before we get to the break, I want to remind you that the YMCA of Tuscaloosa has brand new cardio equipment, and I have been on it, and it is phenomenal, and it will help you take your workouts to the next level. Uh, individual TV screens, on-demand fitness programming, streaming and Bluetooth capability. Uh, you can you can you can stream the internet, uh, look at whatever you want to look at. It really makes the work- workouts fly by. Just a great community of people, great facility, great leadership with. Jeff Knox, the CEO, and the entire staff at the YMCA, including their personal training. Check out personal training for the holidays and maybe give someone in your life a personal training package from the YMCA to get them started getting on the road to good health in 2024. The YMCA of Tuscaloosa, 2300 13th Street, downtown. All right, as I said, uh, once we got through these two interviews here in the first half hour, we're wide open for phone calls on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline the rest of the way, uh, 205-342-9904. I still want to play that Nick Saban interview with uh, Reese Davis from Sunday in the college football playoff selection show, and uh, we'll do that as well. So keep it dialed in right here to tie 109 12 30 am wtbc digger if you're out there man i want to hear from you digger i want to hear from you i'm calling you out digger uh you know i said i would take my medicine on monday if alabama didn't make it into the college football playoff and i want you to call in and take yours texas is in so you should be happy and we might wind up with an alabama texas rematch so i'm calling digger out how about that justin we'll be right back after this University of Alabama Sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Ten thirty four. Welcome back into the uh, Gary Harris Show. Hey, first domain condominiums right now. A beautiful story down Northport has some uh, availability, and that's rare. So you need to find out more. Go to firstdomaincondos dot com. Incredible man. I've lived there since uh, last spring. I absolutely love it. I would encourage you to check it out. Let them show you around. Again, firstdomaincondos dot com. You can take a virtual tour. Three bedroom, three and a half bath, two ten uh, foot ceilings, brand new appliances, washer and dryer, incredible views, conveniently located. It's everything you want in a. Uh, place to live. 205-657-7465. 205-657-7465. FirstDomainCondos.com. All right, we're going to jump out on the uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline in just a moment. Talk to Lewis. But first, Bubba had called in and left uh, Justin a question for me. What did I think about uh, Will Reichard not being named a team captain? And should he be made an honorary captain? Um, no. He shouldn't be, uh, Bubba, and I'll tell you why. Jalen Milrow, Dallas Turner, and Malcolm Moore were named Alabama's 2023 permanent team captains. That's voted on by the players. Uh, the, the players love Will Reichard. He is a terrific teammate. He's the all-time NCAA leading scorer in the history of the program. And um, But Alabama has great players every year. Only two or three or four of those guys are named permanent captains. If you all of a sudden make someone an honorary captain, what do you do next year when there's a great player? I, I mean, I love Will Reichard, but the players vote on the captains, and it's Milrow, Turner, and, and Malachi Moore. Those are the those are the permanent captains. So no, I'm not in favor of all of a sudden you start adding a captain. The players do that; they vote on it. Uh, Will Reichard's a popular player 
listen, he's the NCAA's all-time winning scorer. He has got a legacy at the University of Alabama, but I do not think you suddenly start installing or you know putting someone in as a captain when the captains are voted on by their teammates. All right, here's Lewis. Uh, always a pleasure to talk with Lewis up there in uh, big Nashville, Tennessee. Good morning, Lewis. Hey, good morning, Gary. Yeah, I live in Nashville, and, uh, of course, Tennessee ball fans all over the place. And i just like to make a point, and I've got a compliment for you, man. <laughs> um, I thought they acted very classless last year when they won the game, but that, that's beside the point. They are as passionate about college football in the state of Tennessee for their ball as people in the state of Alabama are for the University of Alabama and for Auburn. And they last won an SEC championship 25 years ago. I think they've only appeared in the early 2000s to even play in the game and haven't sniffed it since. We went from, we went from 92 to 09 and won one SEC championship. I'll, here's the way I want to compliment you, Gary. You have pointed out time and again, don't take these SEC championships for granted. I think a lot of these national championships, uh, and we love them, but they may spoil us. These things are precious. And, you know, with, with Texas, Oklahoma coming in, the NIL and the transfer portal and all this mess, it ain't going to get easier nope. to win them. I was, um, I, I was hoping I wouldn't be disappointed. I thought Florida State would get that fourth spot, and I'm glad they didn't, but I told myself, be thankful for this SEC Absolutely. This is a big one. Hey, Gary, I'm going to hang up. I'd like for you to, to, to speak on that for a second. But you've been pointing that out all along, man, and I agree with you, man. Roll tight. Yeah, thank you, Lewis. Yeah, I don't mind speaking on that at all because I have been pointing it out. I get ticked off, quite frankly, when I hear people make dumb comments like, if Alabama had lost to Auburn, they wouldn't have had anything to play for in the SEC championship game. Are you kidding me? You're playing for an SEC championship. I mean, I understand everybody wants to get in the playoff. I understand, but let's not, let's not minimize the accomplishment of winning an SEC championship. Kirby Smart has got as many national titles as he does SEC titles. Two and two. And yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna minimize that. Let me tell you something. If you, if you're one of these teams sometimes like LSU last year who, um, you know, did not win against Georgia, uh, but they got there and had an opportunity. I guarantee you that team would have been thrilled to have won the SEC title. So I said this. I thought Alabama was going to get in the playoff if they beat Georgia. I said that going back weeks ago. But had Alabama not gotten in, let me tell you something. It would not have minimized one bit what this team accomplished. They still would be 12-1. and They still would be 9-0 and in the SEC, and they still would be SEC champions. 30 SEC championships for the University of Alabama. Nine for Nick Saban at Alabama. Two more at LSU. Yeah, I'm never going to minimize that. You know, and, and let's say there's a year, of course, now with the lack of divisions, it's going to be better. You'll get, you'll get, you know, but we've had years where teams went in there. Saban did it one year when he was at LSU. You know, you got a team that goes in maybe at nine and three and they're playing a team that's 11 and one or 12 and oh. But you know what? If that team that's nine and three wins that game, they're the SEC champions. 
So, yeah, I, I, I love conference championships, and the gap between Alabama and everybody else gets wider as the tide continues to, to build them up. Yeah, six national championships for saving at Alabama, a chance to get a seventh, but those nine SEC titles, they mean something too. And like I said, it quite frankly, I got tired of hearing about, uh, well, if Alabama didn't get in the playoff, you know, it's, it, no, they still would have been SEC champions. If Alabama lost to Auburn, they wouldn't have had anything to play for. Yeah, they would have. They'd had an SEC championship to play for. And they've got it. And even if they don't win the national championship, they're still going to be SEC champions. All right, we're going to get to, uh, I hope I'm saying this right, Anand uh, down in Sunrise, Florida. Uh, good morning. And pronounce your name for me. Oh, good morning, guys. Uh, Anand. I was close. Anand. Somewhere. Okay. Good morning. How are you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Great. Hey, uh, I got a quick question. Let's say Georgia had beaten Alabama in that uh, right. SEC championship game do you think florida state gets in no no i don't i, I think it would have been i think georgia would have been the one seed i think uh michigan would have been the two seed washington would have been the three seed and i think texas would have got in as the four seed yeah and i don't understand all these people you know all these networks and everybody who thinks florida state should have been in there they always talk about x y and z this that and the other thing or whatever but they never refer back to what the committee's protocol was and when you saw it, it just listed everything right there right. and then that showed Alabama should be in. But they never talk about that. They You're, never talk about this. No, the they don't. They don't, Anand, because they want it. They want their narrative that they've pushed to be out there. They want to be right, number one. Number two, when they're not right, they want to tell you that they're still right and that somebody else is wrong. And they don't want to put the... Um, talking points that the committee uses out there because it doesn't fit what they want to say. What they want to tell everybody is this is a sham. Florida State should be in the playoff regardless of the fact that they lost their quarterback, regardless of the fact that their strength of schedule was number 55, regardless of the fact that they look pitiful against Louisville. You know, what do they start saying? Well, their defense was championship caliber. Hey, listen, we were destined for this at some point. It just happened in the final year of the four-year playoff. Plus, the ACC and Florida State specifically was against moving the playoff up. They, they, we could have had a 12-team playoff this year or not. And if they had had a 12-team playoff, Florida State would be in. So I'm kind of with you. Um, you know, it is what it is. Um, you're not the same team that you were with Jordan Travis. You played in exactly. a conference that did not really give you the level of competition your best win is lsu from the sec and you didn't make it and it's disappointing and i get it but no you're right i i do not and i'm pretty confident in saying that even if georgia had won i think a lot of florida state supporters are saying well we would have been in no you wouldn't have they would have put texas in ahead of you you still wouldn't have been exactly. in exactly and then the fact that this 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 protocol has been in place since the inception of this it's 10 years nothing has changed uh, they didn't change it for Alabama this year. It's been in place from day one. You're so right. I, I don't see. Yeah, and, this has got nothing. This has got nothing to do with 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 Alabama. I've had some other people say, "Well, if you put this uniform, no." Under the same criteria, and let's say this had been LSU in the same situation that Alabama's in, and they had gone in and beaten Georgia, they would be in, or Auburn, or Texas A and M. It, would, it wasn't that it was Alabama. It was just the resume and what that team accomplished, you're right, fit the agenda that the committee has to put the four teams in. It's nothing It's nothing personal. And as much as I can get upset, and you, if you listen to my show, you know I have strong opinions too, but I've never accused the committee of having an agenda. 
I mean, I don't know that they always get it right. It's a tough job. But I think they're honestly trying <laughs> to get the four best teams. And where they messed up, in my opinion, and odd, is last week, last Tuesday, before the games were played on Saturday, I think they probably should have moved Florida State down then, you know, and moved Alabama up some and put them ahead, put Alabama ahead of Ohio State. And instead of leaving Florida State in that top four, because if you knew where they were as a team, whether they beat Louisville or not, you should have already moved them down, and then people would have a better understanding of why they were left out. But when you kept them in that top four, I do think that confused some people. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought the reason they didn't move them up because they had no reason to move them down because the teams beneath them didn't really do anything. Of course, now it became different when you have an, uh, a conference championships because that, that matters. Plus the teams that Alabama played clearly differently. You're playing the number one team. Now you have a reason to move up. Yeah, you just won a, a, the conference championship, and then you beat the number one player, uh, number one team in, in the country. So now you have a reason. They didn't really have any justification as yet, concrete solid. So that guy, you know, he's playing what his first, second game. Again, they played before that was like maybe an FCS team or a group of five team. So you really and they won pretty heavily. Uh, once Jordan went yeah, out. Yeah, they so, played uh, the game that Travis went down in was the North Alabama game. And right, um, so. yeah, so you're you're right. And then uh listen, I I'm pro Alabama. I cover the Crimson Tide, but I do think in terms of the two teams, if you're just looking for head to head, is do I think Alabama's better than Florida State right now? Yeah, I do. And uh um, oh, they, they they know it too. They're yeah. just trying to find stuff on the outside. And make it now. I'm not a, listen. I'm not a, a conspiracy guy. I no. hate it. But I, I watched that Louisville game against. God, that, was, that, was, that was hard to watch, Man. wasn't it? It almost seems like uh, it seemed like Louisville wanted to give him the game. Yeah, well, when they were down there, I, down by four, yeah. and they threw the interception and didn't kick the field goal to cut it to one. That's when yeah. I knew the game was over. Hey, great call, Nod. I'd love to hear back from you again. Okay. All right, thanks, man. Roll tight. Thank you, sir. All right, we got to get to the break. We've got uh, when we come back in the order that they came in, we'll have Philip, we'll have Roland, and we'll have Tom. So you guys hold tight. It'll be all phone calls in the final block. We didn't get to the Nick Saban interview, but that's too bad because we want to talk to our callers. We'll be back with one final segment right after this. Coming up next on the Stingray Show. On the next edition of the Stingray Show, which will air on Tuesday evening, we are going to be joined by none other than Chris Felica of Fox Sports to get his take on bowl season coming up. That's on the next edition of the Stingray Show. Tune into the Stingray Show, Tuesday night from 6 to 7 p.m. on Tide 100.9. 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Where the season never ends. This is your home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. It's streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. At 10.49, Philip, Roland, and Tom. Let's uh, get it started off with Philip here as we close out this uh, final segment of the show. Good morning. Hey, Gary. Hey, uh, you know, at some point, you know, whenever things go bad and, and, you're, and you're contemplating what all happened and you're, you're blaming this person and that person and this person and that per- person, at some point you have to do one thing. You, you have to look at yourself. And I think FSU... <laughs> they got to point the finger at themselves, and I know they've got. Uh, I know they have a third string quarterback and all that. I I got that, but 
to me, Gary, they were needing to win with a little sauce. And if I'm an FSU fan that Saturday, and, and I know that Alabama had just knocked off Georgia, and I'm sitting around my buddies, I'm thinking, you know, we got to win with some style. We got to have a little sauce, a little juice. We need to, we need to beat them good, you know, and, and, and look good. So that's, I think that's true. So I, I blame FSU and I blame Norville. Uh, they had a horrible first quarter. They had five possessions. Um, all four of the five were three and out. Mm-hmm. Second quarter, first possession, they had six straight positive run plays, got a drive going. And then he threw two incompletions, and they had a three-yard loss. Same thing with the next possession. Positive rush plays. Then, then he, Norville thought they needed to pass. They won out of three passing, and they, they end up getting a sack, and they kick the field goal. So they go into halftime leading three to nothing. All right. Third quarter, they've got 11 total plays. 11. Seven were passes. Five were incomplete. They completed two passes for 11 yards. They ran it four times for 83 yards of the score. So they go into the fourth quarter up, you know, 10 to three. And then Louisville got that field goal, 10 to six. So third in the fourth quarter, they've got 13 rushes, 68 yards. They go, they throw three passes, two are incomplete, one's an interception, and they get sacked. So in the last 315 of that game, they get to 13 and to 16 points. So, I mean, they were horrible. And I'm sorry they had a third-string quarterback, and, you know, I'm sure that's tough. But that was on TV with the committee watching, and I think the committee was probably thinking, you know, if they can score 10 more points, they're probably in. So I think FSU, they got to do a little introspective viewership here and, and look at themselves. Yeah, and their school and their league should have uh, voted to to get the playoff uh, off and running faster too. And you know they didn't, and it cost them. And you know what? Uh, you make great points, Philip. And the bottom line is, Alabama's in, Florida State's not, Texas is in, Florida State's not, Georgia's not. We got who we got. Let's go play the ball yep. games. Hey, thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right, let's get to Roland over in uh, Lake Gunnersville. Hey, Roland. Hey, Gary. Uh, I, I was watching last night. Uh, Tim Brando was on with three goons, and uh, no, I'm sure he I mean, was giving them giving the committee I mean, the business. Uh, he was he was spewing uh, poison at Alabama, and all that, and really just uh, uh, he, he uh, tore Herb Street a good one, mm-hmm. and ESPN, and talking about they had agenda, you know, and Herb Street was the most powerful person in college football at the networks, and that he could he helped control this and that. And talk about how great Booger was for stand up, and I got no, I got no problem. Somebody having a, a opinion. If what what show was he on? What show was Brando doing this on? I don't know. I, 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 oh, I, you I, saw? I, okay, I, okay. I, okay. I, I yeah. Sleep, and I was going through my phone. I seen I, I, on Facebook. I flipped on, but yeah, I got he's you. Okay. On with three guys. Oh yeah. Okay. And, and you know, I got no uh, problem with somebody having an opinion. If you don't think Florida State, if he, if he thought Florida State should be in, okay, I, I, I understand that. But uh, say Alabama don't deserve to get in and all this kind of stuff, and 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 blame Herb Street and blame ESPN 
for, I mean, as far as I know, I don't think ESPN has no affiliation. Oh, they don't. Listen, listen, Brando's big mad. He's another one of them that said all year that Alabama uh, wasn't any good and, and would get exposed. And, he picked them to lose three or four times, and he said, well, and, if they make it to the SEC championship game, then they'll get exposed, and they never did, and he's and he's mad about it. And there's three or four people up there uh, all day at South Florida State should have been in, but can Herb Street not, you know, they asked Herb Street, Herb Street, uh, definitely said Alabama should be in at number four. They're, you know, they're one of the four best teams in the country, and you know, on and on. And I agree. Can can somebody else not have an opinion besides uh, Brando's opinion? Or you know, every time some of these guys speak, they sound stupid and ignorant. And you know, it's just and and other day Norvell, you know, I understand he's upset. He's a coach and all that, and he says that the at the committee. Uh, they uh, didn't follow the protocol for picking a team. They followed everything. They followed so did Brando. They, Brando they, said the same thing. Yeah, and they followed the protocol. They did. They supposed to pick the four best teams. They go by schedule. They they go by you know. There's a thing that says you know if the if a main player coaches out or whatever yeah. they can use that you yeah know. they did roll and listen i'm getting short on time but you made great points it's over alabama's in people got to deal with it and you know that's just the way it is hey thank you my friend thanks gary okay i'll try to squeeze tom in for tom you got two minutes but i know you can make a point in two minutes yeah yeah i can and uh thanks for taking my call but uh the thing about it you and anon y'all brought up something that uh i thought about but hadn't stated and that's uh uh, the best win that uh, Florida State had was against LSU, and that was a four-loss team and lost a bunch of people that Alabama beat, plus them. And uh, I also, uh, I wanted you to take up the fact that uh, that these people that are so adamant that Alabama shouldn't be in are toting the mail of hate uh, toward Alabama because of LSU, particularly Brando and Booger. Yeah, I tell you this, I, I have a hard time disagreeing with you, man. It seems like with all the other schools, people make their points, but it only seems personal with one school with a lot of these guys, and it's Alabama. And um, you know, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. Uh, the, you know, like Alabama didn't earn this. Look at what Alabama accomplished this year. And yeah, they do have one loss, but they lost to another team that's in the playoff. For goodness well, sakes. You know, <laughs> They get up here and say, all oh, this, that, and the other. Uh, David Pollard put him in there with him. He's an idiot. And uh, put them in there. And then, and then when it don't happen, or, or the narrative they're painting uh, turns out to be the opposite of what they said. Oh, my God. They come up with a different uh, story all together to fit their narrative. You nailed it. Well, yeah, absolutely. Hey, great call, Tom. All right, it's uh, 1057. This hour of the Gary Harris Show has been brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. We're going to make way for the Miller's Edge. Uh, Kristen Miller, glad to have Corey Miller back uh, with Kristen. And then uh, at noon, it's Big Noon Sports with Matt and Lars. Two until six, it is uh, the game with Ryan Fowler. I'm back here tomorrow morning for the Wednesday edition of the Gary Harris Show. For Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy this incredible weather. Have a great day. Listening to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey,